Good morning, the afternoon, or evening, wherever or whenever you are, ladies and gentlemen. This is Sports Crunch with D. Crom. I am your host, David Cromwell. And as we all say at this time of year, even though the playing portion of the NFL season is over, there is no offseason whatsoever in the National Football League. And arguably, there are no truer words that can be spoken when it comes to the activities of our very special guest tonight. Miss Sally Reddick is the founder of Athlete Relations, a firm that advises numerous NFL players when it comes to their lives on and off the field. Originally from Chicago, Allie received her degree in sports management and public relations from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. She currently lives in New Orleans with her fiancé and dog and has been a respected figure in the professional sports industry for the past decade or so. Allie, it is an absolute pleasure to meet you and to welcome you to the program. How are you doing? Thanks, David. I'm really excited to be here. Really excited to have you as well. Uh, Did you enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend? Were you in Tampa? I was not. It's pretty uh, pretty different than my usual schedule where I'm in, you know, whatever city the Super Bowl's at. I'm usually there for the whole week and get only like two hours of sleep of night. And it's it's chaos, <laughs> quite honestly, um, in the best way possible. And this year I got to be home and actually I watched the game with my dad and my mom and my grandpa, which was fun. Got to quarantine for a few days beforehand, actually almost two weeks beforehand. So we got really lucky we were able to do that. Oh, oh, that's good, and it's good to hear that you are staying safe despite COVID. It's a bummer that you, you, you can't be completely normal during this time, but we have to do whatever we can to keep ourselves safe because even though the vaccines are coming, the pandemic is still far from over, and there's still a lot of road left to travel until uh, we get to a point where we have more freedom to do our usual stuff. And uh, so it's good to hear you're doing that. But uh, my first question is, how long have you been a football fan and what or who inspired you to work in the sports industry? Um, I've been a football fan, unfortunately, my entire life. Um, Because I was born a Bears fan, so it's not an easy road for us. Um, I grew up in a family that had a lot of really big sports fans. My dad um, was a diehard all Chicago sports fan. Um, I think I was joked that he wanted a son, um, but he got me instead. <laughs> so I um, I ended up being the the sports fan that he would have wanted in that. So um, I think that, you know, growing up with him and being so involved in watching games with him and spending Sundays doing that and going to Cubs games and maybe my mom listening to this, sorry, mom, but missing school every now and then to go to a Cubs game. Mm-hmm. I have really fun memories of getting to do that with him and My family's really close with the Blackhawks organization, so I got to grow up kind of being a part of that world, and it was just a really fun um, environment to grow up in, and it made me, you know, want to keep going into my professional career, because everybody says if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, and my dad really instilled that in me as well, so I figured why not take one of the things that I love the most, being sports, and, you know, really translate it into a career, and here we are. Indeed. And how did you get your start in the business and how did you get from then until now? Yeah, I I was really fortunate enough to um, land after college. I did a few different sports gigs in college with, you know, teams and things like that. But um, after college, I was really lucky because I landed a graduate internship with Priority Sports and Entertainment in Chicago. Hmm. Um, Every time I pass that building, I smile because it's really the first stuff that I had to get to where I am today. Um, one of my favorite industries in the, uh, or favorite agencies in the industry, they are some of the best people. I absolutely love them. Um, and I learned so much from them. 
And then I added a couple different jobs after that with different agencies and marketing companies and things like that, just doing strictly athlete relations and doing what I do now, um, but just for different agencies. And then after that, I worked on the branding side for a little bit just to kind of get a more rounded view of, you know, what it looks like to work with these athletes and all the different, um, I would say like different facets and the different um, people that are kind of in their life and in their ear constantly and trying to understand, you know, what each person needs and how I could best benefit them. And then three years ago, I kind of started the idea of wanting to branch off on my own and, you know, had just a couple friends in the industry that were in either the NFL or the NBA that I kind of bounced some ideas off of and asked if it was something that, you know, if I went off on my own, what they thought and what it would look like. And pretty soon after they were clients. And um, obviously now I've got a few more after that and was able to keep growing it pretty organically. Oh, you mentioned Priority Sports. That is a pretty well-known agency. Um, who works for there? Is is that a Mike McCartney's agency? It is, and he was somebody that I worked with really closely. Whoa, Mike um, McCartney. He's somebody that I consider a mentor for sure. He was somebody I learned a lot from in the beginning of my career, and he's such a nice guy, such a great guy, and every time I'm home, if I have the opportunity to pop in there and say hi to all of them, I try to. And I um, do not say Mike McCartney's name like, lightly because I honestly think he – uh, set a revolutionary precedent for NFL players to come by negotiating Kirk Cousins' two most recent contracts with the Vikings that were pretty much fully guaranteed. And the NFL doesn't have fully guaranteed contracts baked into the CBA, but he he taught players how to how to get that type of money by by using the right leverage. And uh, do, do you think we're going to see more contracts like that in, in the years ahead? I sure hope we do. I don't know if Mike keeps working his magic, maybe we will. Um, it's it should be interesting to see. I I fully I totally agree. Uh, yes. What else did you learn from uh, Mike McCartney aside from uh, what it takes to advise a player to get the best possible deals and stuff? Honestly, it's hard to be in an industry that's full of so many people that are. Um, maybe not really looking out for your best interest all the time and kind of, it's really competitive at the end of the day, it's a really competitive industry and everybody's kind of looking out for themselves. And um, Mike and the other guys at priority and all the girls that I got to work with there really embodied the um, value of just like helping each other out and giving each other knowledge and how to be a good boss and how to be a good teammate and really working together. They definitely know what they're doing there in regards to, keeping a really well-oiled machine and, and making sure that everybody is taken care of as far as their clients go. And then as far as employees, everybody helping each other out, I think that it's really well done. So it's definitely um, uh, a company that I learned a lot from as far as the business side of things. And obviously on the professional side of things, it was really the first place that I got to work for after I got my degree and it started the rest of the trajectory for the rest of my career. So um, I learned so much professionally and personally from them. Oh, that, oh, that's absolutely uh, wonderful. And uh, you mentioned uh, uh, you meeting a lot of women in this industry, and that uh, takes me to my next question, because this has been a monumental year for women in both sports and the non-sports world alike. We obviously witnessed the election of the first woman vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. Uh, uh, whether you agree or disagree with her politically, it's still a monumental event that we should all be proud of. Uh, the first yep. woman to play in Power 5 Conference College football, uh, Sarah Fuller, uh, Wake Forest, who um, went from the soccer team to being a kicker and making a couple kicks. It was inspiring to watch. The first woman last week to officiate in the Super Bowl, Sarah Thomas. And to top it off, the first 
full-time female NFL coaches to win a Super Bowl in uh, Lori Locust and Moral Javadafar of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Glass ceilings have been shattered left and right and center this year. And in terms of the NFL, what do you think is going to be the next glass ceiling to be shattered? The first female GM, head coach, or player? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I love the GM thing. Obviously, with the Marlins doing it, it's it's opening a lot of doors for other. It's it, maybe it's knocking on the other doors of the other industries, especially the NFL. Um, and we just saw, you know, Rachel Luba got a great contract uh, in the MB, in the MLB, and all these other women like you named that are doing such awesome things. It's really just, you know, about giving women the chance to prove themselves. And I tweeted this after Rachel got her last contract. Like when you give women the chance to succeed, like we're going to succeed. We're driven. We know what we're doing and we're just as capable as men in the industry. So it's really just about it was never about us wanting to be above anybody else or do anything that anybody else you know, wasn't doing. It's just wanting the exact same opportunities. If we're the best fit for that GM position or we're the best fit for that coaching position, we should be able to have the same opportunity, right? Why should I not be able to have the same opportunity as somebody else just because of my gender? It just doesn't make a difference. So like you said, all those women that have already broken that ceiling, I think that it's only going to go up from here. Oh, absolutely. I've met several women um, in the uh, sports industry at all levels of the sports industry, from uh, people like you at at the management level to uh, I saw a female scout last year for for one of the AFC clubs at the uh, Senior Bowl. And uh, and you name it. But regardless of where women are in the sports industry, whether you're a cheerleader or whether you're an executive, an official or a coach, you name it. All these women have incredible things to offer the sports world, and they teach us not just more about sports, but about life as well. I have been absolutely moved by all the women I have encountered in this industry, and I can only hope that the respect is finally coming due. I hope so, too. Trust me. Oh, absolutely. And uh, let's take a minute to talk about the firm that you've uh, founded, Athlete Relations. Do you describe yourselves as an agency that negotiate contracts for players or do you do other things with players? No, so we're actually not a full agency. So we, and I know that sounds funny because I'm sure most people like to brand themselves as full service agencies, but we specifically focus on the lifestyle management piece. So essentially anything right off the field or off the court is kind of what we handle. So they still have their agents. They still have financial advisors. They still have, if they want a publicist or marketing manager that we can collaborate with on those deals. Um, But where we kind of come in is more the lifestyle piece. So, you know, making sure that they have their lives pretty much organized in every sense of the word or planning camps or sending them reminders or helping with social posts or, planning trips and vacations and being involved in their family life. We're really handling all of that stuff. So it's kind of supplemental to the agents and the financial advisors and everybody else that they already have on their team. It's just helping to kind of funnel everything into one streamlined, you know, organized situation for the players. Oh, absolutely. And I think people like you are needed more than ever now, especially with what we've seen off the field this past year alone. And it's not just COVID. Uh, In the wake of the George Floyd incident, several NFL players uh, took their own initiatives in their communities. And is that something you help uh, your clients with uh, as well? Yeah, we've been really honored to help in a lot of those situations where they've wanted to jump into different 
um, charitable efforts or having their own initiatives, like you mentioned, as far as the like ending racism and it takes all of us campaigns within the NFL. We were really lucky to be partnering with a bunch of our clients on whether it was through the NFL or through their own initiatives, we were able to help with those. And it's something that we 100% stand by and obviously believe in. So we're able to, you know, connect with that on not only a personal level, but also the professional level of helping them to make sure that they're, um, you know, getting their voice heard and making sure that they're doing everything that they can to align their values with those efforts as well. Yes, and you have a rather impressive list of clients, and one that stands out to me is uh, Shelby Harris, who has played a defensive tackle or defensive end, defending on the front, uh, for my Denver Broncos these past four seasons. And based on your experience working with him, what kind of person is he? It's a great question. Um, Shelby is definitely one of my favorite people. Um, we... I always say we shoot the shit all the time. Like he, we will text each other and just make fun of each other. He sent me a picture today. He's like, look at this picture I just found. This is what I looked like in high school. And I was like, this is disgusting. Like literally making fun of him. I think I responded, LOL, ew. Um, we just joke around all the time. We have that kind of relationship. But at the end of the day, I know that he's going to be there if I ever need him for anything. Same with his wife. We've become, my fiance and I have both become really close with both of them. So it's become much more than just a client relationship. A great example is last night, I'm, I'm pretty vulnerable on social media and I'm pretty open about like mental health issues that I struggle with. And I just put something on Twitter last night, I think saying something like, today was hard, we're gonna try again tomorrow, not a great day. And within honestly 10 seconds, I had a text from Shelby being like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine, just one of those days. And he's like, I'm here if you need anything. Like, again, we joke all day, we rip each other apart, like make fun of each other till no end. But if you need me or he needs anything, and if I need anything, I know that we've got each other's backs and we make that very apparent. So he's definitely one of my favorite people. Oh, yeah. I've heard great things about him as well. And uh, he is like uh, you and I. He's a fellow Midwesterner. Grew up in the Milwaukee area, and uh, uh, which is just 90 minutes from us uh, Chicagoans. And, uh, yep. And for the second year in a row, Shelby is eligible for free agency and a pay raise. His market, unfortunately, wasn't as robust as we thought it was uh, last year, probably because uh, the Colts were reportedly interested in him. But when they traded for DeForest Buckner, that put the kibosh on that, and then it all collapped. But after the season he had this year, he should get a pretty substantial raise. And uh, you have uh, every right to keep uh, 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 client-manager privilege to yourself, but... Uh, do you have an initial guess as to where he'll end up at free agency? Because if uh, the Broncos are interested in keeping him, and I've heard uh, murmurs that they are, uh, can you see him ending up back in Denver, or uh, do you think it's more likely he'll end up elsewhere? I uh, I know that up to if it was up to him, he would stay in Denver. They love their nanny that they have there. They love their friend group, their Aww. teammates. He Aww. loves the coaches. He loves the staff. I love working with them. Um, you know, the Broncos are a great organization and something that, you know, we're really excited about. Um, and I know that um, for his family, too, they just had a baby. They have a two-year-old. It's And they also have a teenager who I know that would be really hard to just pick up and move, especially if he doesn't get a longer-term contract again, which obviously we're hoping he does. But if he doesn't, you know, they would probably stay in Denver and he would go to whatever city he got traded to. So, that, you know, separating family always makes it hard. So, you know, we're fully rooting for him to stay in Denver, and I'm really hoping that that's possible. But we'll see what this offseason brings for sure. Uh, absolutely, yes. And uh, a thing that uh, he might be encouraged about is the Broncos do have a new general manager in George Payton uh, coming over from the Vikings, an organization that is known for taking care of uh, their own. Uh, is he uh, optimistic about the future of the franchise with George Payton's addition? 
I actually haven't been able to speak with him about it yet because he's on vacation right now. I don't know if you saw his Instagram, but they're in Disney World. So oh, yeah. I'm giving him a little bit of break from work talk for a couple days, and uh, we'll definitely be regrouping on that soon. Yeah, it would be definitely interesting to hear his thoughts there. And uh, with Super Bowl 55 officially in the books, many of us are already in draft season mode, including myself. Are you currently working with any of the prospects that have declared for the 2021 NFL draft? And if so, um, who are you working with? Yeah, we're looking into it for sure. We uh, we actually work pretty closely with the Draft Network as well, so getting to hear their mock drafts have been really interesting. Actually, Shelby just did a mock draft with them last sure week. Did. So those are some fun ones. Uh, we set that up for him, and he enjoyed that, I know. So um, we are definitely have our eye on a few guys, and we're hoping to lock in some deals soon, and we'll uh, we'll definitely be keeping, uh, keeping our – um, followers on social media and everything involved with uh, when we find out who we uh, landed for this next uh, going into this next season. This world is even smaller than I thought. You mentioned the Draft Network; they are mm-hmm. my go-to source for NFL draft coverage. I have interviewed a lot of them on this podcast: Trevor Sikama, Joe Marino, Jonah Tolls, Jordan Reed. Unfortunately, I haven't interviewed Ben Solak yet, but I've talked to him uh, whenever I got to go down to Mobile. I unfortunately didn't go down there this year because of COVID, but definitely hoping to go back down there next year and see those guys again. Oh, my God, those guys are the absolute best at what they do, and it's always an honor uh, talking to to them on this program, and uh, I'm with you. They are just the best resource to go to for your NFL draft coverage year after year after year after year after year. Yeah, they're awesome, and uh, one of my best friends in the industry is actually the CEO now, another woman in CEO position. Um, so she and I are super close, and we do a lot of stuff with them, so it's uh, I am definitely Team Draft Network, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, Paige Damakos, is that correct? Damakos, yes. Paige Damakos, yes. Yeah, I, I follow her on Twitter. I unfortunately have not met her, but I definitely hope to meet her uh, sometime uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, She's Chicago girl too. Whoa, wonderful! Yeah. Yay. Yes, yep. and uh, before this podcast gets uh, to be too personal, we got to uh, pivot a little bit uh, back to the point of the question. Uh, outside of uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, what prospects uh, are catching the eyes of uh, your organization? You know, at the end of the day, I know that a lot of people in this industry want to focus on first round draft picks and making sure that they have the biggest names in the league. But for us, it's really just about working with who really needs our help and can benefit the most from our services. So, you know, we're going to focus on not just growing financially, but making sure that we're still running a really ethical and morally good business and making sure that we go with, you know, the guys that are really going to benefit, like I said, from those services and that we can, you know, help the most. So we'll see who that ends up being. Oh, I don't fault you for that. And as a matter of fact, uh, one of my favorite things about going to the Senior Bowl is that you spot these hidden gems that at times rise up to be superstars. Like, uh, who knows? Like, maybe that third, fourth, or fifth rounder that you get is the next superstar. Like, I remember when I was at my first Senior Bowl three years ago, I ran into this linebacker from BYU named Fred Warner. And... uh, I talked to him, quiet, quiet, humble kid. And uh, at practice, I was like, wow, wow, this guy could really move and fly. And uh, he fell all the way to the third round, and now he's arguably the best in his position in the NFL right now and is due a big payday. So um, Lord knows who you're going to get. You could get the next star at the end of the day, regardless whether it's a first round or not. And at least half these first rounders don't pan out. <laughs> Yep, and the 49ers are lucky to have him, so, you know, we never know who we're going to be lucky to get next. 
Oh, absolutely. It, it works both ways. And, uh, yeah, and as I alluded to at the beginning, this uh, it may be the end of the NFL playing season, but the NFL season is just really continuing in terms of the business part. There really is no offseason uh, for the NFL, and free agency is just five weeks from uh, tomorrow as of this recording. And uh, or But it really starts uh, less than that because it really starts on the Monday before uh, uh, free agency opens on Wednesday because that's when uh, it, deals are are cut and they just become official. Heck, we just saw uh, uh, the, the tr- Matthew Stafford trade become official and, and another trade with Carson Wentz might be going down soon. So uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, wheeling and dealing and deals getting cut uh, well before that time. So uh, even though you're not part of an agency, what does your schedule of the weeks leading up to free agency look like? Because there's probably a lot of advice you're going to have to give to a lot of your clients that may be on the move. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I always focus on making sure that they're taking some time off and get a vacation in. Obviously, this year they can't really do that, but maybe it's just taking some time to spend with their family at home or anything. So that's where my focus lies is making sure that they get that time off and really embrace that before everything gets a little crazy and hectic again. We've got a few years or a few guys that are on contract years this year. So just making sure that, you know, they're taking that time off and that they're able to just relax and enjoy the off season. So that's where my focus lies. Once we start getting a little bit closer to it and trades happen, you know, then we jump into helping them move and getting all that stuff settled in and making sure that they're all taken care of as far as the logistics of the trade go. So we'll definitely get busy here pretty soon. But for the next couple of weeks, I'm focusing on making sure that they just relax and take a break. Oh, that's kind of like what I do for the first couple of weeks uh, after uh, the uh, season as it. She is Allie Reddick, ladies and gentlemen, the founder of Athlete Relations. You can follow her on Twitter at Ridiculous, her last name Reddick, R-E-D-I-G-U-L-O-U-S, or uh, at Athlete Relations on Twitter. Is that correct? That's correct. And same on Instagram. Uh, both are the same on Instagram as well. So happy to uh, connect with people on there. Oh, wonderful. Yes, and she's got uh, a lot of great uh, material posted on social media daily, folks. Uh, don't don't miss her. And, uh, Allie, thank you so much once again for joining us. Uh, that's it for today here on Sports Cross. But we'll, we'll be back over the weekend with Matt Barr of the Pro Football Network to recap Super Bowl 55, so stay tuned. But in the meantime, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as my blog at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Allie Reddick. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter as well, just like Allie's. It's the same handle, dcrom 59 for Ali Reddick, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and as usual, wear a mask, over your nose please, wash your hands, social distance, stay awesome, stay safe, and stay sane. Take care, everybody. Uh-huh.